All around crypto, you often hear people say, we're in a bull cycle or we're in a bear cycle. Well, what are these crypto cycles and is there truth to it? Well, you're about to find out. All right, everybody, I'd like to welcome you to The New Normal, a podcast where every Tuesday we break down complex crypto topics so that anybody can understand. I'm your host, Austin, a.k.a. Mac and Cheesy, and alongside me we have Jesse, and he is wearing a beanie today for those of you watching, and I am thrown off to say the least. It is a good-looking beanie. Jesse has been in crypto since basically Vitalik was a baby. He's been around the block he knows a thing or two about crypto. He knows a thing or two about crypto cycles. So I'm excited um, to hear his take on this. But on today's episode, we're going to be breaking down the history of crypto cycles, what it's like as an investor to live through the bear and bull cycle, how do we know when it's starting and finishing, and really the ins and outs of, of this topic. This is a brand new podcast and TV show. So if TV show, YouTube show. So if if you are here, thank you. Like that that video. Like this the podcast. Do whatever it does to help this get to more eyeballs because we're growing here. I think this is episode 16. 16, which is pretty crazy to think um, how, how far we've gone. I mean, 16 things, 16 weeks in a row. What have you done for 16 weeks in a row, Jesse? I, I don't think I can name many. <laughs> Not too many things. Uh, I, I'm going to give ourselves a little pat on the back. <laughs> that's that's almost as long as crypto uh, bull cycles. Almost. Uh, almost. <laughs> so so we're the crypto cycles are almost <clears throat> like this this thing that's in the back of my mind personally, especially as a content creator, um, and not not only as an investor because it affects things like this. It affects um, engagement. So this. This is something that I think of almost every day, and it's something that truly interests me. And a lot of people have questions about it, and people just talk about it like it's willy-nilly, like, oh, we're in a bull cycle. Well, like, okay, who are you to tell me we're in a bull cycle? Who are you to tell me we're in a bear cycle? Um, like, what is this information? So do you, what, is, what are these crypto cycles? Yeah, yeah that's a great question. Um, so you've, you've said some terms there, bull market, bear market, crypto cycle. Um, I think we can look back at history and use that at least to like understand what's happened so far um, and try to project forward what might happen. Keyword, what might happen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, yeah, what we've seen is we've seen, um, we've, this is now our, tr our third, or third um, crypto cycle. And by cycle, we mean... Uh, a bull market and a bear market kind of pairing and how that is sort of played out. And so we go back to 2013 when we had our first um, real, real true crypto bull market. And this started around November 2012 and ran for about 13 months before it um, finally crashed. And I was not a part of that cycle, so I cannot tell you a whole lot about it. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. But the well, after those 13 months crypto kind of went into what we call crypto winter and which is a bear market right and this bear market lasted effectively all the way until july of 2016 and so 
we're talking like the the bull market in 2012 or sorry 2013 ended mm -hmm. around december and it lasted all that bear market lasted all the way until july 2016 that's another three like two and a half years basically of of winter time that is a long winter winter came and then around july 2016 and these are kind of rough dates and i'll explain where my dates are coming from in a second here but then in 2017 and this was the one i was a part of in 2016 we saw a nice long bull market and this one lasted 18 months um i joined in around kind of the midpoint or mid to early point i was first buying my first bitcoin in march of 2017 and and ethereum uh in April 2017, oh, and Ethereum was only $45. And Bitcoin was only $1,000 back then. Um, tasty. Those are yeah, tasty yeah. numbers. It was pretty exciting. And, and then that kind of came to a completion in December of 2017, uh, January 2018, around that period of time. So that's 18 months. And then we went into a very deep, dark bear market again. Um, ultimately finally bottoming out when COVID hit back in March in 2020. Mm -hmm. um, but really starting to kick off again in May 2020. And so now we've been in this this bull cycle um, all the way up until now. We still think we are in a bull cycle. There was obviously some questions over the summer. Are we are we bear market? Are you back in a bear market? Um, but what we found, I think, is this is this like layover that Bitcoin and, and crypto likes to take in the middle of these these bull site bull runs mm -hmm. where it runs up in the beginning and it gets just too hot, too ahead of itself. And then it takes this like big halftime in the middle. And so I think we're kind of building back up to to the final phase of this bull run um, as we go here. So that's a history of basically these cycles. So it it goes up. It goes down, and we've seen them about every every four years. Um, and and these are these are super interesting because we have, as the crypto market progresses and matures, we have more data points to look at. And because prior to this bull run, it was speculation that the, you know these things kind of happen, and and it's thus far it's looking it's looking almost in lockstep with the previous bull runs again and it's it's pretty crazy yeah it really is and they they all just seem to so far they they have seemed to pivot or start these bull runs have seemed to start at the point of the what's called the bitcoin happening uh, and this is a, a key event in bitcoin's um, blockchain where every four years which is uh every two hundred and ten thousand blocks uh, because blocks take 10 minutes, you can kind of project out that's roughly about four years if you do the math. Every four years, the Bitcoin reward that goes to the um, computers, aka the miners that validate the transactions on the Bitcoin network that we've talked about way back in episode one and a couple other episodes. The first. <laughs> At this, this event is where the reward to these miners cuts in half. And so the first reward was at 50 Bitcoins for every um, group of transactions a miner validated. Uh, the next would be 25, 12.5, 6.25. You know, you can kind of keep doing this divide by two math. And every four years, it keeps cutting in half. And what we've seen is these bull markets kind of seem to 
have this launch pad off of this event, this supply shock to Bitcoin, because Bitcoin is the first, right? It, it has always been the market leader in crypto. It was the very first back in 2009 when Satoshi first, Satoshi Nakamoto first launched it. And it has been the leader thus far. And everything kind of tails and goes with it. Now, at some point, we might see them break apart and these cycles kind of go into their own path. Um, mm -hmm. Hell, that might happen coming up. Who knows? Like we could see Ethereum separate out. But so far, we've always seen Bitcoin leads, Ethereum follows, and then all these other altcoins kind of kind of tail behind them all. You touch briefly. So on like this having right and Bitcoin supply, there's a site supply shock and why this could lead to a appreciation in the Bitcoin price in turn, the crypto market as a whole is that there's just less supply. So if demand remains the same and there's less supply, the price has to go up. That's just supply and demand economics, nothing crazy there. So if you effectively take the Bitcoin supply and cut it in half, the price will appreciate. And I know that there's a me ton of memes in the crypto world that's like, is the halving priced in? Is this priced in? And it's it's a conversation that we don't have enough data about, but over the past three happenings, it seemed to be the case that that is the kickoff of the bull run. And it is, in fact, not priced in. However, we have to wait and see. Yeah, I mean, I do think it does. Like, I think this year we did see it get front run a little bit. People did kind of try to like price it in early. And then the market being volatile and crypto and doing what it does, it, it, it chopped itself back down. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so um yeah i i don't think it's it's these things are really priced in well actually what, what i want to do actually is share a nice chart that i think helps kind of visualize these three bull markets that we've kind of experienced the 2013 the 2000 um the 2017 and now the 2021 so i'm going to share my screen real quick and for you for those of you listening on the podcast we're about 10 minutes and 30 seconds in if you want to jump onto the youtube and take a look for those of you listening, we just went through the uh, price of Bitcoin in relation to the time since its last halving. And if you do go to the YouTube, you'll see the visual. But the TLDR of the visual is basically the each time Bitcoin has halved, the price trend moves in a similar function. It, it looks very similar, almost eerily similar when you overlay them for something that's four years apart from such a speculative asset. It's truly crazy. And these these happenings, like it's almost like they kick off this like viraling viral marketing campaign for 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 crypto where I want, it's the price appreciates and everyone gets so obsessed for an entire 12 to 18 months. And like we literally can't think about anything else. We can't do our jobs. We can't do anything. We have to crypto like like we burn out on crypto and it's just like the serious trojan horse viral campaign that like comes in for one year of our lives and just takes over our brains and it's, then it is crazy it disappears for a few years it makes us crazy. sad <laughs> the um what when i see those charts right i'm just like it's really it's interesting because it's a time capsule like these these price charts you can see the emotion of the market because it just moves so much different than that of like a traditional securities can you walk us through, because a lot of the people listening, a lot of the people in the incubator discord, this is their first time 
in crypto as a whole. A lot of people haven't even experienced what it's like to be in a bull market in crypto. Can you explain what, or in a bear market, can you explain what it was like living through the 2017 bull and then living through the bear market? Yeah, definitely. So I bought, I, like I said, I bought Bitcoin and Ethereum, uh, mostly Ethereum. I was mostly buying Ethereum because that was what I was hearing about. Like Ethereum's got such great news coming up, um, all this bullishness. I bought that in April 2017 and May was a wild month. I bought majority around $90 and by the end of May into mid-June, the price reached $380. I had effectively 4X'd in about a month. And I mean, you're just riding this high of like, wow, I just like, I'm so smart, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I've told all my friends, you got to get in, you got to get in. Well, uh, immediately in June, we uh, a harsh correction hits the market. And Ethereum and Bitcoin also take a big plunge. Uh, Ethereum goes all the way down to like the high $100. You know, we're still in the we're still in the green, but you know, some people bought at 380, mm -hmm. you know, and and they're feeling, Jesus, Jesse, what the heck did you just tell me about? Like, <laughs> like and, they're depressed. And this whatever. is in 2017 to set the scene, right? We had no idea what Ethereum was. There, like, this was if you thought the dip in in this past summer was hard to watch, that was in a much more established market. So, like, your your mindset right through this is like. Well, what what is this thing? What like yeah. is this thing? Does, is this even real? Yeah, exactly. We like you. You the more the longer you use it, and the more you see things like NFTs and million dollars being spent, you you start to believe that this thing is going to be around for a while. Well, back then, I, I didn't know how to use Ethereum. Like barely people people were barely using it, you know, and and it was more just like speculating. And so it was like, holy shit, what did I just buy? It's crashing! It's crashing! Oh my god! <laughs> and yeah, so the summer was kind of wild. Um, and, and then in August, like end of July, early August, this is when the Bitcoin fork wars were happening. And there was this big like threat to, to Bitcoin and, and people thought Bitcoin would go to zero and which one would win would it be Bitcoin cash or Bitcoin itself. And, and, you know, the Bitcoin cash people wanted to make Bitcoin really fast. And, and so you could do micro transactions, like buy coffees and, and do things like that. And the, the regular Bitcoin people were like, no, like that's short term thinking. You're going to lose decentralization. Smart choice. Um, we want to we'll figure out how to scale to faster, small transactions with layer two episode 13. I think we talked about that. <laughs> uh, we'll 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 use layer two. We'll do other things, but we can't sacrifice decentralization. So this huge fight went down. And actually, that was when I bought my I bought. Three, I bought three to four Bitcoins at that point uh, during that kind of fear. I, there was a couple of people I just trusted who were like, this is kind of nonsense. And I was like, okay, I'm in. <laughs> and yeah, and so then that ran us all the way through the fall and, and the prices were coming back, you know, like we didn't have this quite this long of like off time like we did this year where it's- But like I'm, I'm, I am hearing this and because I didn't, I wasn't invested at that point. I knew about it and I'm hearing this and it, although it, we, this current market cycle is different, but it, it just reminds me a lot of this, right? It's, you're talking about it when in, um, April and May, when it's reaching 60 K it drops all the way to 30 K and now you're having second thoughts about it. But some yeah. of the smartest people in the world are saying this is FUD. Like 
this channel. Uh, <laughs> and like, so it's just reminding me so much of this. And now talk, talk me through what it was, because we're, a lot of people are anticipating this bull run coming to like a crescendo at the end of the year or the 2022, uh, beginning of 2022. Talk us through in 2017, what it was like riding that high and then feeling the burn on the way down because the, it is two drastically different emotions. Yeah, Bitcoin finally was back up over all-time highs in like maybe September, October, and then Ethereum finally got back to above all-time highs at Thanksgiving. That was when I was like telling my siblings and, and cousins, I was like, you got to get Ethereum. I think it's underpriced. And whoa, it was an intense, like from Thanksgiving till New Year's was insane. Like it just felt insane. Like on on day like you would just look at your phone from like one hour to the next and bitcoin would jump like a thousand two thousand dollars like it like there was literally like a five-day period i remember just like holy shit like, this thing was at twelve thousand. now it's at 17 mm -hmm. now it's at 18 it just felt like intense like and it was all happening very quickly and so like that last like fifth like that last hundred percent gains from like I think Bitcoin topped out at like 20, 20,000. That 10,000 to 20,000 happened really quickly. Like mm -hmm. it was aggressive. And from just to just to butt in there, right? From my side, because from you were invested from my side, I have been around Bitcoin since 2014, but I was on the sidelines for this. And I had texts saying, oh, should I buy it when Bitcoin was at like $700, $800? And like, I didn't buy it. So from my side, and a lot of people felt this, um, this bull run where they're on the sideline and they're watching this appreciation, you're getting this FOMO and you're, you're calling yourself an idiot because you didn't get in, you're doing this, you're doing that. So this was me during this run because I'm watching the price and I'm like, I almost bought it at 700. Now it's worth $17,000. I am an idiot. Like, so th this was my experience during this bull run. Um, and so it's appreciating. And you're, you probably think you're the smartest guy in east of the Mississippi. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm feeling great. Like, Bitcoin's <laughs> taking off, blah, blah, blah. And then, and then the correction starts to happen. And, you, and, and I just remember this night and I'm sitting there watching it. And it was at 20,000 and it went all the way, I think, down to like 17, 16. And, I'm like, buy the dip, buy the dip. Yeah. <laughs> BFT, buy, buy the dip. <laughs> I just start aping in like more money. I'm like, I, like, I'm just like completely in like euphoria of like, this thing is the greatest thing ever. And why would I hold any cash? Like, <laughs> mm -hmm. and this turns out to be one of the more painful moments, honestly, of my life. Because from there, uh, I, you know, I put in a bunch of money at the top, even the, and thinking like, Oh, like this is a huge dip. Like what an opportunity. And it just keeps going down and down and down. And so from December, 2017 to like late 2018, I think Bitcoin, you know, was down into like the $6,000 range. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what the hell did I just do? Like, and I, I'm not alone. Right. I mean, I obviously had some, some, some good wins a lot earlier. So I wasn't like completely down, but just felt awful, you know, and like buying the top. And so many people did that, right? Because like they had just discovered Bitcoin and and all that. And and to now see it not only plummet, but like plummet down to like kind of the previous all-time highs from like 
years ago, you know, four years mm-hmm. ago in the previous bull run was was really tough to see and an experience. And I just honestly, I had to just like turn it off for a while. So with with your experience during this previous bull run and you felt the highs, you felt the lows, what are some of the takeaways that you've taken away and a lot of the listeners can take away? Because we're going through this high right now. What can we as viewers and as investors take from your experience during the 2017 bull run and take it away as an actionable thing for this 2021 bull run? Yeah. So the first thing I'm doing is I will not be buying any new crypto after we pass these all-time highs that we hit back in May. So back in May, Bitcoin topped out at like what, 64,000 and Ethereum topped out at like 4,000 something. I personally am not planning to buy any more crypto after we go beyond there. I'm trying to get all the crypto I want for this year before that. After that, I'm done. I'm taking a break and I'm just going to let it all ride and see where where we go toward the end of this bull run. Mm-hmm. And then any strategies for identifying or I guess from from your side, you're, you're going to let it ride. Um, do you have any strategies for identifying the top or how do you... Yeah. What are your what are your th- because a lot of people oh I'll just buy the top but I always say it's easier said than done to or or sorry sell the top it's easier said than done to sell the top yeah um what are your strategies there <laughs> knowing that okay we probably inevitably will have this this correction of seventy maybe even eighty percent yeah so for my like I said my first protection is that I'm not going to buy the dip after we go beyond the all time high I I just don't want to do that again um I don't think it's necessarily smart you know we're getting into like the upper regions of where we've never been before and there's a chance we'll go back to those prices in the future so i'm not buying the dip and i'm not buying more once we get beyond these all-time highs from there yeah how do we know when we're at the top and like what do we do when we think we're getting to the top we don't really know right like uh i the the way i i think there's a couple things you can do so there are the the on-chain analytics bros out there (laughs) Um, and gals too, I'm sure. Um, This is people who do kind of data science, quant analysis on what's happening on the blockchain. How many, and generally what they're they're looking at, and these are Twitter accounts you can follow, um, but a hundred million US dollar plan B, his Twitter account, he often will reference on-chain analytics and will do them himself. So that's mm-hmm. a good account to follow. They, You can kind of like look at how Bitcoin is like when, when Bitcoin is sitting around in accounts for a while. Uh, and basically you're kind of like watching the smart money in, in, a, in a way, you know, like who's been holding the longest, like who mm-hmm. part purchased during smart times during the market, the bear market, things like that. And is that Bitcoin starting to move? And move to not just move, but move to maybe exchanges um, to get sold off. And so on-chain analytics is one way. Just to, uh, another- so to touch on like what on-chain analytics, chain analytics is. So th- the thing with crypto is it's entirely open. So you can see every transaction. You can see who owns what. Unlike traditional markets where you don't know who's buying and selling things in crypto, you can see where every single Bitcoin is at any given moment of time. So you can see how long crypto has been in wallets around the world. So some in general, what on-chain analytic, chain analytics does is it says, 
who wh where is a lot of the bitcoin is a lot of it in quote unquote weak hands which is retail investors who are just getting in they just bought it within 30 days or where is the money is it in wallets that haven't moved or sold bitcoin in years maybe and effectively taking it out of circulation so this is just like where is the money sitting? And it's it's an additional data point that you don't get outside of crypto, which is so awesome, which is why it's so cool and why these, it's like the the chain analytics is, is a super interesting uh, realm in crypto. No, totally. And we're able to basically follow the money because we literally can follow the money by <laughs> looking looking at the transactions and doing analytics on the actual open ledger, open spreadsheet of all the accounts that are in Bitcoin and, and where what's happening with that money. Um, so that's one. The other is following people who are good at charts. Um, so we've got Andrew, Andrew in the in the in the incubator discord um, and him and and cash. They're, they're looking at the charts. So I, I'm definitely listening and to seeing what they're going to say. And then I have people I follow on Twitter. Um, ledger status. He's just like a well known a well-known trader. He's always got good alpha on his Twitter account. I'm listening to what he's saying. Um, I'm listening to uh, Noah Rudell, who's a, uh, I actually know him more from the sports betting and like fantasy world, but he's he's a really sharp, um, he's a really sharp guy when it comes to the charts and I'm listening to him. And so I, I have people I listen to and, and, and what Noah's saying right now is he thinks we're gonna be heading to all-time highs by Halloween for Ethereum and Bitcoin. And then we're he thinks the top is going to be around January to March. And you know, this is a lot of this is just kind of projecting the old charts from previous years and other kind of things. And like we said, this is a bit of a reading the tea leaves, like we're all yeah, sort of think, our way through this a little bit. I think the the thing is that nobody knows, but the best way um, we say it all the time. The best way to learn is by surrounding yourself with smart people. And and because we're all figuring it out together across the entire crypto ecosystem. So like you had mentioned these these people and they're just smart people who who are following it and just who may know more than than you as a as a listener than myself. So it's just keeping your your ears and eyes open. hundred percent. I, I want to follow smart people. And people who study these kind of things a little more in depth than I do, but honestly, like it kind of makes sense. Like the first bull run in 2000. I mean, this is all looking for patterns, and we all know patterns can just be a complete BS, right? But if you're looking for patterns and, and trying to explain it to yourself, we had a 12 month bull run in 2012, 13. We had a 18 month bull run in 2017, and we're kind of looking at a 23 month bull run right now. So like this kind of like they seem to be elongating. Mm -hmm. um over time with my big sample of two um, <laughs> <laughs> with the absolute minimum possible sample <laughs> to make any sort of conclusion <laughs> but we we've seen that the big the the break between the first phase and the second phase kind of been elongated I, like we're get, i'm getting these elongated vibes I, I agree i agree that i'm getting elongated vibes and i i think <laughs> I think there's so from my thoughts right outside of um so these these cycles and the flow and everything in my eyes I just think bitcoin and crypto is just getting more mature and as a result 
it has more staying power and that's what's leading to these these longer cycles um and you know where it's because where it started in 2013 it, crypto looked a hell of a lot different we touched on it earlier where it was like we didn't know if crypto would even exist now we're pretty confident that crypto is here to stay so do you, do you want to touch on how crypto has evolved each of these bull runs and you know why this market feels a little bit different why it's getting that elongated vibes yeah, I mean, the theme of the 2013 bull run that was there was a lot around like GPU miners and 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 meaning like hardware like being able to mine the miners who like validate the network were were now moving away from just like software that they ran on a laptop to mm -hmm. like specialized hardware that can actually execute these transactions and validating them. Um that was a huge back then. There um and then 2017 was all about the ICO, right? The initial coin offering. And there was a lot of Ponzi BS to that. And it was they weren't even fair in many regards because like there was this like they were almost reserved for the elite still, you know, like and that's the very against crypto. Um like you had to get into these very elite pre-sales and you had to know the right people and be interconnected. Whereas now in 2021, we're obviously seeing NFTs at the hot. These this this bull run is is marked by the NFTs, and what's really cool is that yeah, there are pre-sales and things like that, but like it's not like the elite aren't getting all the access, right? Everyone's getting access, and you anyone has a chance to hit a rare just like the next person. Um, now, some other people obviously have better advantages. They're buying more, they have bigger bankrolls, but like even still, like we all just have an equal chance of getting a rare because it's random who gets one. Mm -hmm. And so that's been really exciting for this um, market. And, and I think we should really pivot actually to talking about NFTs and how do we think how do we think this end of this bull market will affect NFTs? Meaning, uh, and I want to actually throw the question to you, Austin, as Ethereum and maybe go runs up to $10,000, let's say, like two to three X is its current price. How do you think this is going to affect the NFT market and NFT prices? Because NFTs are priced in Ethereum, mm -hmm. in theory. Right. So this is something that I initially was one of the main reasons why I didn't buy a CryptoPunk when they were, I should have bought a CryptoPunk because my main reason was, I'm so bullish on Ethereum that I'm giving up Ethereum to buy this CryptoPunk. But uh, I read it on Twitter the other day, a couple of tweets that kind of resonated with me. One was that Ethereum, when you're buying NFTs, these are basically leveraged longs on Ethereum, that you're, you're basically leveraging up your bet on Ethereum. And that's proved to be true thus far. And the same way leveraged longs when the price, the market's appreciating, you get um, a multiple of the returns. So in the CryptoPunk, if I had bought the CryptoPunk bird box, um, <laughs> I would have made a lot more Ethereum because it appreciated in relation to Ethereum as well as actually having the Ethereum value. I think we're going to see a very similar thing where on the way up, I think we're going to keep this kind of NFT. I don't think we're going to necessarily see it flow out of these NFTs, um, but I do think on the way down, we're going to see it flow quickly. I think like the floors of a lot of these these NFT projects, they're going to be going down quick. So you're going to be losing Ethereum, and you're also going to be losing value of the Ethereum because 
Ethereum's going to be dropping. So I, I see them as a leveraged long. Um, and for ETH, what do you, what do you think? No, I tend to agree on, especially on floor stuff, because it's so liquid that people are going to be scared and want to get out. Right. And they're going to just start putting them up for sale, especially mm -hmm. on projects that like, you know, obviously you have your blue chips, but even like, you know, I, I, I think only like even like floor crypto punks and, and board apes, like those are going to take some hits. Obviously those floors will take smaller hits. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think your blue chips will, will take less of a hit at the floor. Um, but then anything beyond that, I think is going to, I think the floors will definitely get hurt quite a bit coming down. What I'm interested to see is will the floors of these um, projects take hits on the way up also? Mm -hmm. Because like maybe if they take hits on the way up, then because you know like on solana so with solana we saw like the price run from like 40 dollars all the way to 200 right so like 5x in like a month mm -hmm. when everyone was buying nfts and we saw people to buy an nft on solana it was generally like five soul was like the the opening price that was the standard and then now it's quickly down to like one or two right because of that 5x and we've seen the good projects have maintained their price um the degenerate apes and 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 thug bird the, these things are like way beyond where they were you know and that's mm -hmm. just because there's more people who want to buy them so it's just sort of this, this like push pull of like more people coming in so there's more demand so price has to go up but if the price of ethereum goes up like too much then that sort of pulls it back down so it's this like push pull going on of like more demand but also they're getting more expensive so we have to price them lower at some point Mm -hmm. I yeah I do think I think you you have to treat projects in almost in isolation because CryptoPunks board ape they're in a different ball game like these true blue chips but these random ones that were I think the people that are there are looking for a quick gain and then if the price of Ethereum appreciates rapidly I think they're gonna try and get out quicker but I don't necessarily I don't know I'm I'm excited to see what happens. But yeah. I, I do think the NFTs as a whole for this run, as you as you touched on it, it's the ICO versus the like it's this version's ICO. You're you're seeing but things. There's a big difference though with the ICOs, right? Like so many of those ICOs were just bullshit white papers and like they they were like and they're not fun. Like they're right. They're like, mm -hmm. we'll save like governance of you know, just like they're nonsense, the white papers, half of them like supply mm -hmm. chain, blah, blah, blah. And like, no one cares. These are like, you know, images that are way more interesting. And they have like true, like, like movies could be made about like serious, like world global movies might end up being made about some of these things. And yeah, so that's an interesting factor to like, we don't want to just sell all of these. But I, I really do think people are going to trade short term trade the floors of, of many of these. Uh, mm -hmm. Well, they're going to dump the ones of the of the one of the projects that are kind of nonsense they're going to trade the floors of your better projects and then the rares i think are what you're going to see will be held longer right because like you know people don't want to let go of the rare that they've held for so long that's their profile picture that's their identity mm -hmm. um things like that so i think the rares will hold up better over time now okay so we're we're coming we're seeing the crypto market as a whole, it's appreciating and it's it's going up, it's increasing. Now, 
we're going to get to a time where it pulls back and it's the bear market. Um, what are the things that you can do as an investor during this bear market? Like, what should we expect? Like, as because I remember literally this time last year, I was telling people about Bitcoin and Ethereum, and I was a crazy person. Like, I people looked at me, and this was literally last year. So, what do you think about? where we're going to be maybe a year from now if that is the bear market as do you think crypto is a little bit more accepted and it's a little it's going to be here to stay whereas in the last bull run and bear market it was forgotten about yeah i mean i think we're going to see activities like new nfts being created things like that i think those will continue on through the bear market and those will be fun to still trade and buy they might not 10 or 100x like they are right now, um, your gains might be smaller, but they're still going to be like, light, you know, world changing projects created during this bear market that you can keep your eye on and invest in and stuff. Um, now, the, the, the price action of Bitcoin and Ethereum and, and the actual coins themselves, you know, that I think will, you'll see sort of volatility in the in the lower, you know, down back to maybe back to the the area we're at now is sort of my thesis is right. Like, I think the prices will eventually come back to where we are now during the bear market. And if, if this sort of cycle holds true, you're not going to see them really start to fully rebound all the way until, um, what is that? The, the happening in 2024, right? So that would be mm -hmm. May, 2024 is uh, roughly, um, Maybe it's actually probably a little earlier than May, but still, it's like early 2024. And so you don't want to be like loading up on crypto too early on because there might be better investments out there than crypto. Um, unless you're just trying to buy more, you know, you're trying to buy into these NFT projects and, and sort of shorter term speculation type things. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, for me, I'm not going to I'm going to probably sit on the sidelines for for probably a year if, if it kind of plays out the way. It has in the past, but, um, you know, saving up money, uh, probably going back to some traditional stock market investments, the, the, those um, going exist. back to the way life was before the bull market and, and living a more healthy, <laughs> uh, enjoying the outdoors uh, life uh, and and then wait for, yeah, wait for the next one. It is exciting. Um, and I, I, I tend to believe maybe this is just the content creator in me because it's something in the back of my mind, the the bear market. What's that going to be like from a content creation perspective? Um, and I tend to think, we'll see, but I we'll see where we're at next year. But I, I think crypto as a whole is just a lot more in our face. And I think it's going to be hard to forget about because you see it on Venmo now. You see it on uh, Coinbase. Like you're seeing all these things and so many more investors are involved in crypto. and. I, I just, I think it's going to be difficult for people to ignore it. And that prior to this, this time last year, you could ignore it. I don't know if you can ignore it for four years now. I think people are smarter now. I I don't know. I think I, it's, it's exciting to say. No, it's interesting because there's just a push pull of several things, right? Like you're right. Like Bitcoin, like crypto is way more out there, right? Like FTX is literally trying to make, uh, crypto FTX is the uh, the crypto exchange. They are trying to run commercials and change every building to be some crypto themed name out there, mm -hmm. and they are want to make crypto as normal as possible. But 
the the kind of the pull the in the opposite direction of what you're saying there is that if prices are dropping and and this is a global market right we're not just talking about here in the US like and there's a huge whales and big you know and in like the global market sort of how is a big dictator of it and so if prices are dropping like the in your face will just be oh my god get it out of my face <laughs> if prices are dropping and people bought you know retail came in and bought at the top there and and mm -hmm. things like that. So, uh, you know, uh, it'll be interesting to see which one wins out. But my and I think you're right, like maybe it won't dip as low and maybe there'll still be like, I don't know. But uh, I, yeah, I still I don't fully believe that we're in a quote, quote unquote super cycle where Bitcoin will, and these cryptos won't drop 50, 60 percent into a bear market. I don't think we're, we're out of that area yet. I think we still have Still have a ways to go. You've seen MetaMask. It's still really, really mm -hmm. hard to use. I think we're really super early on a lot of these things, even if we think it's more out there in front of our faces. For sure. Yeah. And it's exciting to see. And we only have two other data points. So right now, a lot of this is speculation. And But you'll hear people saying, this is a crypto bull run. This is a crypto bear, bear run. Uh, and there's there's truth to this and it's exciting because we don't know what the future holds but you can you can reflect back on these previous runs and Jesse he lived through it as an investor I lived through it on the sideline I think I bought the top probably a little bit um but a lot of the things that people talk about is that you make your money during the bear run and that's when you're accumulating your crypto and so then that way you're put in a position where you can take advantage of the bull run. So I think although there, there's an opportunity right now for NFTs and we're doing it a lot in, in the incubator, we're doing a lot of trading, we're making a lot of money, but a, a lot of that that true wealth can come over this two, three year time horizon where you're actually buying in and you're you're accumulating if it's truly something you believe in. Yeah, and 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 I think if we do see the prices go beyond all time highs and and hit two time two x or three x where we're at, yeah, I'm gonna start taking a little bit of pro. Like I'm probably gonna take some profit off the table, especially with tax season coming up and all that. Um, I think when I see, if I see us hit two x, that's when I'm gonna start slowly sort of not not all my money by any means. I, I'm gonna keep. 80% of my crypto or 60% of my crypto, some some large, greater than 50% still in my hand. I I will hold that forever because um, I'm just such a long-term bull. bull. But yeah, I want to take some off the table I've, that I've invested over the last year. And so I think when we see if we get beyond 2x, you know, it'll be tough, right? You you might sell and you'll see it run up 3x, 4x and you're like, Fuck, you're like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> but just know that you know, you're, you're, you're kind of ensuring some profits and really protecting yourself on the downside. Um, and you know, profit is profit. Profit is profit. And we're, we're going to be talking all, all about this in the incubator on this channel. And this, this episode really just summarized what it's like emotionally during these cycles, what, what could be the root cause of these cycles, um, and how you can, what you can expect as an investor, as a, a crypto enthusiast and we break down these topics really so that anybody can understand this is episode i think 16 of the new normal and it's an exciting time because we're in the midst of a bull run and i'm looking forward to see where it's going but if you did enjoy this which i hope you did 
uh, smash that like button, subscribe to either this channel or our podcast. We make new episodes every Tuesday where we break down complex crypto topics so that really anybody can understand. We are in a bull run. It is 2021. It's October 12th, the time of filming this. I'm feeling good. Jesse's feeling good. We're both wearing beanies and we're going to keep it moving. So if you're not in the Incubator Discord, then we'll see you next Tuesday. If you are in the Incubator Discord, we will see you in the chat room, you degenerate. So thank you. And we'll see you next week. Play outro video. Peace. I'm walking around in the circle of life Doing the things I know